Minds to slay, lessons to learn, prayers to pray, and there ain't no time for living in the past.
This is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, on the air. Tuning you into the Latino literary renaissance in all its splendor. Interviews, teatro, rap, fiction, poetry, memorias, composer spotlights, and more. Always mas. Thank you for tuning in to another installment of the Latino Literary Renaissance. Shout out to all our friends who are celebrating Christmas and are tuning in from Sound Awake. It's fun to follow their show. We try and keep some high-energy music to keep you enthralled as we segue into art, literature, culture here on NP. Lit Radio. I'm Tony Diaz, Libre Traficante. Uh, Libre Traficante lives Mendes. What's up? Hey, everybody. It's Libre Traficante Malu. What's going on? What Who up? is running the board? Look at so that. nice oh. and smooth transitions. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> What's great, too, is you've been a really wonderful part of the show. So it's great to see you not just be on air, not just run interviews, but also help us guide these 100,000 watts through the magic of KPFT. Gracias. You're welcome. You know, I think of um, uh, Gloria Venezuela's um, Velasquez's uh, I Used to Be a Superwoman. Like the image on the cover was a mujer with like six different arms doing a gazillion things. And so, uh, Malu, like uh, mad props. You're, you're the Chicana you. Superwoman. You're like the Sometimes Chicana I Superwoman. I feel like that. <laughs> now, you've also stuff. been pivotal in getting us uh, lining up some of the authors. So today at the top of the show, after another musical break... We're going to have Claudia Guadalupe Martinez through the magic of telephone, but she's got a new book called The Smell of Old Ladies, which is published by our dear friends at Cinco Puntos Press. Got a chance to talk to Bobby Bird at the Texas Book Festival, and he wanted us to make sure to get her on the air. And I had been meaning to, but I, I say that just so that you know it takes a lot of folks to, to make this happen. To coordinate. And we're happy to do it for you. And then on the second half of the program, the 2018 McAllen, Texas Poet Laureate, El Poeta del Barrio. Your traficante, Edward Vidaure. Uh, we'll be interviewing him for the second segment, so that'll be a good chance to catch up with Ed and all the goings-on and to get some insight into the work he's written. Uh, he has a new collection coming out called Jazz House. Uh, and then the like, what it took to become Poet Laureate and what his plans are for 2018. And, of course, if you miss any of this program or want to relive it or teach it at your school or share it with some friends, one, we'll post the podcast at nuestrapalabra.org. Also, you can download it for the next two weeks at kpft.org. We have it on iTunes. And for long term, the University of Houston Digital Archives maintains the on-air broadcast of this radio show, Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writers Heaven to Say, MP Lit Radio for short, and the hard copies of our legacy, which is going on 20 years Yo. in April, are kept at the Houston Public Library's Special Collections Hispanic Archives. And as you know, at the top of the show, we like to talk a lot about what's going on. It's our Libro Tafica, the soapbox. There's two things I'd like to touch on. One is a little bit about the Alabama elections that went down. And give you an update on that and a Latino perspective. But then also to take you on the intellectual magic of the 
new exhibit at the Museum of Fine Arts Houston. You're probably going to go or have heard about the Oscar de la Renta collection, who's Dominicano. Yep. Who knew? I didn't know. Yeah. But also, they've got an awesome exhibit called Home. I want to tell you a little bit about that. I just got a, a tour with Mari Carmen Ramirez, and I know Lupe did, and Lupe and Tintero Projects did a very cool reading last week. So let's just do two minutes on the elections, and then let's take it to this cool exhibit that puts us all in an intellectual framework and really, I think, is a powerful testament to how deep we are, but also how cool, because you can go and enjoy that exhibit at face value, but once you dig into it, you realize just what a leading part of the intellectual movement globally we are. Now, speaking of local politics, and by local, I mean Alabama, Thank goodness that the African-American vote pulled together with some Democrats and some Republicans who thought better than to elect the terrible person, Roy Moore. And what really boggles my mind, the reason I bring it up is that didn't President Trump say that he was going to stop the bad hombres? Yeah. Because he endorsed the bad hombre whose name was Roy Moore, who was accused of so many terrible things and on top of that, had said so many evil things as well that I'm not going to get into, but um, because we got into that before and you can follow our Twitter feeds. On top of that, I think here's what I want to focus on. Trump said that he would stop the bad hombres. Instead, he endorsed the bad hombre to get in. He said he'd stop the bad hombres. Only the people who voted Stop the bad hombre. And I'm humble, too, because it wasn't just Democrats. It couldn't be just Democrats in that very Republican state. It took some Republicans, some independents. People have been talking about how strong the African-American vote was, especially the African-American female vote was. And it makes us realize how important it is to think past party lines, but to also vote. But I must also point out that didn't President Trump say he was going to extremely vet terrorist well, the terrorist known as Roy Moore should have been vetted more by President Trump because right. he got through there. Right. And the other crazy part of all this is, is that in my estimation, he basically ran a similar campaign to Donald Trump's presidential campaign in, yep. that, in that he was accused of terrible things. Right. He denied the terrible things. Right. He called the accusers liars. Right. And he said... Terrible things, right? Uh, including, I mean, we just want—I can't resist. One of the statements was that how we were a greater country during slavery, except some people happened to be slaves. Right. That was just right, unforgivable. Or, or his 2011 comment in which uh, basically he was uh, having a discussion in terms of uh, everything in the Constitution should be reworked, its amendments reworked, anything after the Tenth Amendment should be get gotten rid of. And so that's like suffrage, like the end of slavery, like uh, 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 equal rights. And so like a lot of that is, uh, you know, eye opening. And he said all of that with his white hood yeah. off. Yeah. Now, again, to me, he, he ran a similar campaign to Donald Trump. Right. He had people accusing him of terrible things, said, said audacious things, and he lost the popular vote. The difference was that in Alabama... This terrible candidate did not have the electoral college to save him, or the Russians. Right. So those are those are my two cents. Uh, I would actually I'd like to add the fact that 
uh, the ripple effects already happening, folks. Uh, anybody paying attention to today's news? Uh, Virginia has a brand new Democratic uh, rep out of the 94th House District. Uh, Democrat Shelley Simmons uh, won. And we've always talked about this, that, that votes count, that you should go out and vote, that you should do the thing. This individual, this woman won by a vote. The final uh, uh, votes that came in, there was a recount. Uh, the Republican incumbent, David Yancey, um, didn't get the seat. Literally, it was down to 11,608 for Simmons and 11,607. Mom, did you go vote yesterday? Yeah. Was it yesterday? <laughs> was it yesterday? <laughs> and And so, like, yo, this is that moment in which, you know, finally... For folks that had been paying attention before, for folks that believe for some odd reason that Trump couldn't get elected, for anybody who kind of slipped up, we only had, what, 25% of the country that voted for this last presidential election. People now are starting to see what it is that's, you know, coming through the pipeline. And so now here we are uh, doing the right thing across different spaces, across states that uh, uh, have not had such a history in voting in those particular ways. You're having incumbents that are falling by the wayside. Virginia flipped their their the the Republican lead there was like 14 seat plus uh, in red seats, and so now it's flipping. So uh, expect some shockers this yeah. election, yeah. and it will be attributed to the female Hispanic vote, millennials, and social media. And we're going to keep you tuned into that. We could do the whole show on that, just on but. That. Well, we got stuff to do, folks. Uh, the analogy is that you showed up to vote. You got to show up to the Museum of Fine Arts Houston and vote with your feet for the exhibit called Home. Uh, I really just had a great time right now. Of course, Mari Carmen Ramirez is a brilliant scholar, individual. It's been great to have her on the show. She's been bringing these exhibits to Houston. They've had great turnouts. We need you to keep going. Of course, it's a nonprofit organization. We're a nonprofit organization. This is not a call to action. I'm really pointing out some awesome facts to you. Right. But there are... So many exhibits. One of them that I do want to just tell our listeners about is a sculpture of items that belonged to the first oh, yeah. DACA recipient who, who was, was deported. deported under the Trump administration. And that's a powerful, a powerful sculpture in found objects that you can, again, you can just go see it and you're blown away. But then you dig in deeper, as you did during the reading. Right, right. Um, before we get into that, hold on. Let me do this. I never get an opportunity to inter interview Tony ever. So, folks, if you're listening and you're just tuning in, uh, this is me, the Lipsman, this interviewing Tony about his uh, experience at uh, home. So different, so appealing. He just uh, finished. He's actually got the MFAH <laughs> sticker on his shirt. He just That's came back true. from the museum before he, he or a uh, clever deception. went to the clever deception, uh, to the museum. Um, or he went yesterday and is wearing the same shirt, in which case he's Cochino. Figured out. <laughs> uh, so, okay. It's radio. <laughs> three, three words. If you could describe the, the exhibit itself in three words. Intellectual. Okay. Potente. Okay. Home. Dang. But but what I do love is that if you if you do start to dig through the layers, it's you wind lot. up seeing how how brilliant our our community has been. Just not aesthetically, but in in a way that takes the upper level of what anyone would call art, but in images that anyone can get. There's the Chicana that has that exhibit of a of a boudoir that are armoire, yeah, and those glass cacti, cacti, yeah. yeah. And broken glass that look like diamonds, right. and then inside's like a little friend, something. 
And I don't care. You could you could be a high school student and, and get see something out of six it. layers out of it. Well, but then so for Tintel projects, uh, for those of you that attended, thanks. Um, this is just like the update of that. So the Museum of Fine Arts Houston has the exhibit home. So different, so appealing. Uh, they reached out to us at Tintel projects, and we did a collaborative effort. Uh, we put together a a commissioned reading. Uh, we found five writers in the city: uh, Chinging Chen. Uh, Josh Inocencio, Isis Fernandez Rojas, uh, Karina De- Delgado, and uh, Christopher Diaz, uh, all who had time and were willing to take part of this. They extrastically went to work and picked apart the exhibit. They, we went in and they toured the exhibit themselves, found the piece that was calling to them, and then uh, uh, went to town and, and wrote a piece. Josh, actually, the, the exhibit piece that you just mentioned with the, with the boudoir that's made of mirror glass and all the glass that's, that's out there. And, and the, the Chicana, the Chicana, his name is Amalia Mesa Bynes who did and, that. And Josh actually had originally picked a different piece. Uh, but this other piece that was there in that corner space was what called his attention. Uh, and that was actually a very, very beautiful, uh, he did a partnered reading. Uh, with a young lady, uh, shout out to to uh, Kayla Buffoni uh, for joining Josh on stage. It was really awesome to see that. The exhibit itself, what we did, we called it Around the Block, A Night of Literary Voices. Since we were talking about home and barrio and neighborhood, then we thought it would be dope to kind of get folks to interact, not just with the writers and the art, but then actually travel around the exhibit um, under this layer of almost like the turista, right? Like you're getting to hear the word and you're getting to hear the art, uh, from a different perspective. Uh, we opened the night with Chris Diaz doing his piece, um, which gave it a different flair because, uh, 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 Chris is a Chamorro veteran from the air force writing about what home is like for him. Uh, then we flipped it into, uh, Josh doing his piece and then Chinging and then Isis. And we ended with Karina. Karina picked the back exhibit, uh, that was actually about what home looks like. The artist there was a Cuban artist, uh, who had done what migration looks like. Is it the of, ones with the, with the lights coming down? Yeah. The lights that were coming down, there were two panel, uh, videos playing. One was an individual who actually took a dining table, flipped it on its back and put, uh, uh, a boat motor on it and like was driving that thing through the water. So here you, if you can imagine this, this piece of art playing continuously and Karina doing a spoken word piece That's dope. about like the equalizing of what movement and what migration does, be it ancient migration, be it early, you know, immigrant migration to the States. And here you have local York, writers, local writers to this global exhibit. It was a beautiful, beautiful night. We had about a hundred, a hundred plus individuals that attended. Uh, everybody had these cute little banquitos that the museum has. They literally, we started off with Chris. We were like, and follow us to the next piece. And the next writer would like, you know, set up shop. Uh, we had a full mic thing and people would just plop down their little, little banquitos and, and enjoy the, the reading. other piece in that back end too, is a video, uh, a rendition of what a child who was yeah. smuggling from, I believe, he was Turkish, right. experienced in a suitcase, right. smuggled in as a suitcase. Right. And then that last still there is a real x-ray of him in that suitcase, which right. is a large kid. There's another one that that wasn't even uh, on the front end of it, like right where you see the entrance for home. Along that same wall, if you go to the other end of it, was a a photograph exhibit 
uh, of a, a young lady who took her mother's story of how she left Mexico and came to California and moved further on within the States. But like she does it through decades and each of the photos are actually uh, a rendition of what the, the tech style of photography would have been of the day done through like these sequences and the way it's written, it reads very much like a, a Lewis and Clark journey, kind of like this is how we move through this space. But of course the best way to experience this is the going in person. Yeah, it really is a powerful go. exhibit. This is just the tip of the pyramid. It's running through January, I think mid January, but go now. I'm going to go three times. I right. went three times to uh, paint the revolution. Uh, I'm also going because some family members want to go see Oscar de la Renta this Friday. So Perfect. That's kind of the the commercial one. I guess that's going to sell or help right. help keep the building <laughs> the, the building lights on. But really, uh, this really is a, pay, a powerful exhibit. We're happy to give you a little bit of insight in it. We're so happy to have Mari Carmen Ramirez in there, and so cool that Tintero Project was involved yeah, with the live awesome. exhibit. And we are here to keep doing this for you from now on and forever. We're going to take a short musical break. And we're going to come back with what we're known for. It's that lit radio. Well, we're going to bring you some lit on the radio. It's Claudia Guadalupe Martinez talking about her book, The Smell of Old Lady. You're experiencing Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. You can listen to us again later at nuestrapalabra.org. And we will be right back shortly after this. I do want to remind you that you can go to kpft.org and you've got two weeks where you can download this actual podcast yep. and then we upload it onto SoundCloud and wind up putting it on the air for a our podcast and then from there you can listen to it we'll tweet it and send it out so oh, then no. right now I think we're going to put a call into Claudia uh, I'm sorry yeah you, so I'm going to let Marlene give Claudia a call and because we want to pr give you more programming information, we're going to skip the song this time around. And then we will be sending out an email blast that will have a link to our interview with Mari Carmen Ramirez. So yeah. you can listen to it again. A little information about the exhibit and a logo contest, ladies and gentlemen. Yo! As Nuestra Palabra, the institution, turns 20 in April, we're going to be unveiling a brand new look. And... Our original logo wasn't really a logo per se. Right. We've put in more thought into the logo that we're trying out now than we did in that one. And basically, we had a volunteer named Thomas Cisneros. Thomas, if you're tuning in, thank you so much. He used to work with a company called Hot Chile Graphics. Wow. And he would run these color programs for us. Right. He just did it on his own. Oh, sweet. I'm sure it cost money. Well, we didn't pay for it, but he got it donated in kind. The hookup. And... One day he came with the logo, and it was the icon of the Aztec Mexica calendar right. with the quill pen as the tongue with Nuestra Palabra under there. That's awesome. And we didn't have any other logo to pick from, so we said, it's brilliant. Yay. Let's do that one. Yo. And what's what's fascinating to me, too, is that even the name Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having to say, we probably wouldn't call it the same thing if it happened now, but we needed to happen 20 years ago right. to even have this conversation. Right, right, right. So we ain't changing nothing. No. It stays the same. But it, it would be nice to we're gonna come up with a new look. We've been kind of debating what we are about now because what's interesting is that the whole world has changed. I mean, right. From our role in the in the city to in art and culture. And I think even the fact that 
yes, things are bad now. Right. As the exhibit that talks about this youngster who was under DACA who was deported right. because of the new administration's policies on that. But here we have a Latina right. guiding us through there. Right. Here we have a Chicano right. who put on a reading series there. Right. Here we have uh, a Ch- two Chicanos with master's degrees at 100,000 watts filling you in on a show you can go see, which is free on Thursdays, by the way. So at the same time that things look bad, folks want us to forget how powerful and how great things are going. So I think it's it's we got to keep that in context. And I think that's the role of the radio show. We're going to take it up to the next level. Yeah, yeah. Um, and at the same time, too, the thing that we constantly do that never vary, never never varies, uh, that moves forward at all times is the amount and the style of riders that we keep bringing to you as often as possible. That much doesn't change. Uh, we'll go through logos. We'll, we'll set it up. We'll make it look what it needs to look and all those changes. But the one root thing that we can always do is bring you more info and, and as many writers as we can. Uh, one of the things that's coming through, we actually got, um, some info on. There are four Latina female writers that are coming to town. Um, we're actually squaring up all the details. Um, but, uh, the title of the event, Perininas California Women, uh, poets in the Southwest, Califas uh, poets, Yacairas, um, Salvatierra, uh, Marisol, Baca, Xochitl, Julissa Bermejo, and Vanessa Villarreal will actually be here uh, Sunday, June, June Jul, uh, January 7th. Uh, we're trying to lock up all the final dates and infos uh, to get that in. They're going to be in town. They've been rolling through a bunch of spaces and places. Uh, and so uh, we'll be able to put that all there together for all you guys. But to make sure that we get all our P's and Q's covered, we want to make sure that we get every single writer that we can get to you. And so we will actually start off the evening with our first writer, uh, Edward Vidaldi. Um All the firm, the formal stuff, and, and we'll say hello. Uh, Edward Vidaldi is the 2018 McAllen, Texas Poet Laureate and author of Chicano Blood Transfusion Flower Song Books 2016, Insomnia, El Sarape Press 2015, Beautiful Scars, uh, El Sarape Press 2014, and I Took My Barrio on a Road Trip, Slew Press 2013. His new collection, Jazz House, is forthcoming from Prickly Pear Press, Felicidades, and Ramona and Rumi, A Love Story During Oligarchy. A chapbook with illustrations is complete. Uh, he is the founder of Pasta Poetry Vino and moderator for the Facebook page Poets Responding. He lives in McAllen with his wife and daughter, his dog Winston Bukowski, and his two cats, Pink Kitty Love Love and Twinkie. I love those names for cats. Ladies and gentlemen, Edward without it. Ah! Congratulations. Hermano, you were there, sir? Hey, how's it going? Yay! It's good to hear you, yo. Dude, are there trumpets? <laughs> Now that you're poet laureate, do you have like an entourage? No, I'm very. Oh. I'm waiting on. I'm waiting on my sash. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, man. now we gotta thank you because we read at Pasta Poetry in Vino. Yeah, we did. It was before yeah, yeah. one of the Knox Tejas Focus yeah, way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's good. But stuff, see, we man. were we were your friend before this. See. So we're not we, we didn't do it out of self interest. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know, I know. 
So, okay, let's. this is the part that's not in the bio, and I think this is where Tony uh, um, used to always mention how everything kind of comes together in different ways and spaces. Um, uh, quantum demographics, as Tony names it. So the one thing that's not in the bio, which I always found like one of the most loving things in there, Ed originally uh, is Salvadorian poet living in the valley, uh, writing – completely beautiful work i've read almost the majority of all of ed's work uh i haven't read um i took my body on a road trip i have it it's in it's like literally the next book i'm gonna go through that during the break but ed so like in terms of writing and everything that you've been doing um taught you will probably ask you more about writing about that aesthetic but so we want to make sure that that we get into that and and all the stuff that deals with your new position how did you find out what did you do like, how did you, was there an application process? Did you go through an interview process? You had to fight somebody? Yeah, you had to fight somebody? Which right, right. No, there, there's there's an application process. And um, I, it, let's see, the McAllen Port Laureate position was available, I believe, it started in 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Dang. But I wasn't, um, I wasn't able to apply because I didn't live in McAllen. Oh. So you had to you had to live in McAllen, I believe, and or work in McAllen. And at the time, I was living in Edinburgh and working in Edinburgh. So I was like, oh man, okay. But um, you know, it it got to the point where now I work in McAllen and I live in McAllen. And when the, when it came up, I was like, do I apply or do I just hope somebody, you know, nominates me? Yeah. You know what I mean? It got it got to that where it was like you know so I kind of asked friends and stuff and they go no nah, dude you know do it you know do it you'd be good for it and this and that and and you know just just I needed to hear that I needed to hear that they believed that I could do it you know and so and so I said okay well let me give it a shot and and um, you know and 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 if it happens then you know we're gonna you know move forward uh, i don't know if they know what they're getting into <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so they got to be ready <laughs> but okay ahora esto. so in terms of your tenure as the poet laureate of mcallen texas when does that start and, and have, january, some po- ja- have some poems ready to read so we're stalling so yeah. some poems ready. Yeah. starts january the first january 1st yeah. So you're down. These are the last days. Have you have you talked to? It's like almost presidential kind of. Have you last talked, day he can get a ticket. After this, no tickets. Yeah, no tickets. You can't. Right, have, right. Or you got to give a poem on the spot to get the, rid of the ticket. Um, have you have you had a conversation with the previous poet laureate? Yeah, I mean we're we're all we're a great community down here. We're all friends and and Priscilla Suarez. Uh, I'm actually along with the 2019 poet laureate That's because right. they've already chosen the next two, Rodney Gomez. Rodney Gomez. Um, yeah, we're putting together a farewell and kind of a celebrate. You know, the 2000 you know 16 poet laureate for her services, you know, and appreciation. So we're doing a a, a reading for her next Thursday, Beautiful. like a celebratory goodbye and thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. So cool. All right. So you've got a year. Uh, what are the duties thereof of the poet laureate? Like, what do you? What are they? There are there some things that you get to do. You get to create your own project, or or what are some of the requirements for the position itself? Right. Right. There's uh there's maybe four um events throughout the year that they are going to ask for something from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's uh. I'm presenting to the city. 
Um, I'm going to do maybe some festivals and then in a morning, you know, luncheon at, at the country club for a lot of business people. And so, but then pretty much it's like, you know, you are on your own and we want to see what you can do with, with, you know, with the position. So Claire poetry uh, war on Edinburgh. (laughs) 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 No, but, but, you know, um, being from McAllen and, you know, being the poet laureate for McAllen, I, it, it covers to me the whole valley. Right. Because I've lived in all of the valley. I've lived in Mission and in different areas, San Benito, and I've worked in Brownsville and Mission and Edinburgh. And so I've read and I've put on poetry events in, in, all, in all of these places. Right. So for me to say I'm only going to do things in McAllen, um, would be, you know, I think selfish on my part, you know, to not, you know, spread literature and, and, and all that to, to everybody, you know, because my goal is to get into the schools, right. you know, get into the elementary schools, the middle schools, the high schools, and, and, you know, and, and get to them, you know, and now if there's events where I'm invited to do something at a college or at a university, that's cool. But, you know, it's, you know, I'm grassroots, man. You know, I I didn't it's true, it's true. I didn't have that. You know, when I was a kid, you know, um, when, when they did come in, you know, the the special, you know, guests would come into the square. Remember, as a kid, it was the most exciting thing in the world. So, I want to do that. You know, for the kids. You know, that's awesome. Now, do the other cities like Edinburgh, San Benito, do they have poet laureates also, or is McAllen the only one? Okay. They don't. Yeah, and so that's a that's an interesting and and Ed points out the the dynamic of the valley being the valley and the interconnectedness of all the communities. Uh, I think Ed, you're 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 spot on correct in terms of of respecting the the the, the valle completamente, like like being there and being able to put that literary work uh, throughout all the RGB. So the mad props to them. Do you have some poet laureate level poetry ready to share with us? Poet laureate, poet laureate level. <laughs> we don't have to play the trumpets. Um, well, I, I, I did work on a poem for McAllen. Um, it's the first one I wrote uh, that I want to read. Wow, I guess, to the very city. cool. So, yeah. Yes. I, so I wrote it. Do you want me to read it? Yes. Please, por favorcito. No, All no, right, no. Let's, uh, let's get something clear. Is this your first reading since you've been reading on a radio show since you've been formally named Poet Laureate? Yes or no? Yes. 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 Woo! You I actually, first. I went last week to uh, an open mic, and honestly, I sat in the parking lot and couldn't get out of the car. I read that. You uh, put that on Facebook. I was just, I was just not feeling. It, there was something strange about the night, and and I just, you know, I sat in the car for thirty minutes, and and um, had my books there next to me, and I was like, I've never done it. I always get up and go, and and I just said, you know. I, I not tonight, you know, and just came straight home and just read a little bit. So wow, it what, what do you think it was? Yeah, I, what do you think it was? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I think it's just a lot on my mind um, with with many things. I just want to do a good job, you know. Right, right, right. right. No, and I think it's important too because even with our listeners, as you know, Chicanos, Latinos, as as you know, people of color, minorities, whatever we space we see ourselves as there is that moment where you're achieving dreams and big deals 
and it is a heavy burden. It's glorious and beautiful. So it's, I, I, thank you for sharing that because we've got yeah. listeners in ourselves where it's that worrisome burden sometime when you're supposed to be in your glory, but we're still human and still the weight of thinking how many barriers you've passed. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being brave. And thank you so much for, for sharing with us. That, to me, it is a part of our, our, our familia that you will share your first poem uh, as Poet Laureate on our radio show. Gracias, hermano. Right. It, it, it's my pleasure. And then just something before I read it, um, you know, I was talking to uh, the outgoing Poet Laureate, and, 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 I, and I was asking her, well, what, what kind of questions do you get, you know? Like, well, what does a Poet Laureate do, and what this and that, and blah, blah, blah. And then she said, you know, that, you know, being a Poet Laureate doesn't mean, because a lot of people think that, especially people that, you know, don't know about poetry and stuff, they, they are automatically assume you're the best poet right right you know and, and so you know it's like you know we're not because we're poet laureate doesn't mean we're the best poet no. in mccallion or no, the no, best no. poet in the valley or right. or anywhere right. you know and, and that's important to know when you're poet laureate or when when you do something important with poetry you know we we've, we've got to know that we've got to know that you know there's a lot of great poets and just because we've been blessed with a position or, you know, or like, for example, with, you know, being poor laureate, it, it just gives me, I think, um, a new platform, yeah, a new platform, but also not only to, to, you know, spread literature, but, but, you know, make connections with other poets and, and, and just continue it. You know, I think, uh, somebody who's going to be a poet laureate needs to get out there, right. needs right. to make it important to share you know, literature with, with, with everybody, with all kinds of people, not just poets. Cause you know, something that we do as poets, sometimes we go to readings and we just read to each other, you know? Right. So we have to figure out a way to get people that are not poets into the, to want to come and listen, yeah, you know, that's, true. that's very true. You know, we want them to come out and listen and, and, because words, we, we touch people and we cure people and we heal people and we, you know, we might help somebody out of, you know, committing suicide with our words right. because we're we're sharing our dark pieces with them about what we've been through and, and it lets them know that they're not alone. Yeah. So that's that's where, you know, that's where it's important to know what you are, you know. What, what and, that, and and not what people perceive that position to be. Right. Exactly what you what you end up <clears> making <throat> of it. Uh, while you have the opportunity to do that work. No, that's spot right. on. Bien dicho, bien dicho. Okay, so here's the poem. It's uh, titled, In My City. Trees sway a slow dance to the leg song of the chicharra, to the long-stretched out accordion, to the hiccups of 2 a.m. taco truck party goers. Tlacuaches maraud at midnight with handy footwork across lawns, grappling the humidity, eating away at the molding bananas and lettuce offerings left out in a bowl as a thank you for snacking on mosquitoes and cucarachas. Dogs bark at barking dogs that bark at wolf moons and the incoming fog, at wobbly tire passing cars, stray cats and late night chatter from insomnia-stricken artists burning the midnight oil. I pass by a home with a chandelier hanging from a branch, another with a year-round yard sale and several with red doors with scattered leaves from anaqua trees confettied across their lawns. The people in this city move about like ants, carrying the weight of life and hard work, 
grackles stretch their song in long verses like the summers here. I set my car on cruise control over the expressway and park on a lot to see airplanes descent while scraping the syrup top off my chamoyada raspa. I look at my phone and my friend just posted another photo of palm trees under the hashtag RGV Palmas. Or Sundays, we choose barbacoa over tamales. Or menudo for the cruda after being rattled awake by the neighbor's lawnmower. I've been stretching my bones across the RGV from San Benito to Mission and in between, but long to settle in this city where my poems found their muse and my dog ages at my feet. Uh, so that's Beautiful. why we are Lit Radio, because we bring you literature that's going to excite you. Very happy to have on the air our dear friend, El Poeta del Barrio. And Rivera, ladies and gentlemen. Poet Beautiful. Poet of McAllen. You got another poem? We want to throw yeah. these airways, por favorcito. Yeah, yeah. This one is, uh, this is my last report. To live out in the cuts, far from the hustle, far from the petty lenguas voladoras, out in the cuts, sembrando yesca de la verde, to rewrite corridos for my muertos and breathe life into the mouth of my pesadillas, to paint my hell in orange acrylics and write books for Libro Traficante Caravan. Yes, my last report is my last breath, my last fight, my last poem, my final struggle, my last piece, my last canto. Mm. Eso, mm. man. Oh, no, brother, beautiful. Right, right there. Oh, and for those of you that aren't aware, uh, Ed earned his Libro Traficante name literally when we went that particular man cuantos años ya era como that's like a good four it's been years a while, man. it's been like a while like four years I think no so uh, Libro Traficante el, el Puerta del Barrio Edward Hidare uh, spitting the hot stuff for you folks uh, and if you are paying attention uh, this was his debut on Houston Radio as the new Radio Lord, Anywhere Radio Anywhere uh, as the new Poet Laureate incoming uh, Poet Laureate uh, of McAllen, Texas. We got time for one more poem. We will send this out on podcast and post it everywhere and tweet it as well. Ladies and gentlemen, we are enjoying the poetry of a dear friend, a fantastic poet. That's Edward, what you expect. Edward Vidal. You got one more? Sure. Sweet. All right. Let's see. I got to keep it PG. Yeah, kind of. No Christmas, please. <laughs> huh? All right. This one is a, a new poem that I wrote. And it was, um, I was watching a, a documentary on Ernest Hemingway. And because um, we all know what happened to Ernest Hemingway. Right. Where he, you know, decided to leave us. This was titled, Reason I Don't Own a Gun. And I'm going to, you know, edit as I read because it does got some language that's not radio friendly. Some colorful language. Right. <laughs> Reason I Don't Own a Gun. Yeah. I don't want to go out the Hemingway, way out of this world, away from the fish I'm yet to catch. Fish out of sea, sea out of this world, without mastering the art of kissing. Kiss, kiss, kiss away art. You see, who will tell the stories that only I can? Cuentos, the bloody ones, the ones hiding on the edge of death slips. The bloody and bleeding, tantos de sangre, sagrado corazón, sangre con cuentos. Blood trails inside the stomach of the hanging tree have a voice. Voice of rotting fruit. Fruit. Fruta podrida. La luna. Moonshine. Moonlight. Light of the cachetona. 
fisgona, chismosa, luna, gossiping moon, mentirosa in solstice, who will uncover her true light if I go out the Hemingway? A witness to dream crossers, poetas with riverbacks, never wetbacks, only setbacks, always waiting, waiting for the chota to drive away, 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 go away, but not the Hemingway. Who will uncover the abortion of the sun, the love song, the kissing deep tongue, lengua en la garganta de la separada, separate but together, throats on con saliva, sin saliva, juntos. <coughs> En los callejones, haciendo cosas en los callejones, apagando los cellfones, and vibrate, vibrando, vibing. In a dark alley, I need to stay, the Hemingway stay, depressed, stressed, undressed, caressed, cuerpo de oso, oh so close, but who will tell on the oligarchy? Who will bleed on paper, sangre, angry, lucha de lucha, de lechuza, su lucha, la lucha, la leche, leche de vaca, el gobierno es caca, Mascara, masquerade, massacre. Donde van esas? Code switch stories, switch code cuentos. Duende, who will foster my duende when I'm gone? Duende, huérfanos sin familia, orphan keys and orphan pennies, and orphan poets, y taquitos de muertitos. I don't own a gun. I don't want to be blamed. I don't want to be your terrorist. I don't want to be your brown man killer poster child. I don't want you to break down the door to my sacred space. I don't want to be on a documentary on the anniversary of my death and your death and their deaths. Mm. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Edward Vidaure, the incoming McAllen, Texas Poet Laureate for 2018. Hermano, mil gracias. Thank you for being on the air with gracias. us. I loved it. Thank you. Man, we will talk with you very soon, sir. Thank you, thank you. Hopefully I'll be in Houston soon. Yeah, yeah. man, yeah, man. We'll figure it out. Yeah, appreciate have, you. Man, have a good night. You too. Orale. And now, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not been paying attention, you are listening to uh, KPFT 90.1, Nuestra Palabra Latino Writers, having their say on the air. We'll be back with a short musical break. And our next guest, Claudia Guadalupe Martinez. And we are back. You are listening to NP Lit Radio on KPFT 90.1. I am one of your co-hosts, Libro Traficante Lips Mendes. Uh, and to begin, we just, if you're catching up, we just finished hearing from Ed Vidaure, uh, who is the incoming, uh, poet laureate from McAllen, Texas. Uh, and now we get to speak with our next writer, Claudia Guadalupe Martinez. Uh, Claudia, are you on air? Yes. Are you with us? Claudia? 
We may be having a little bit of a technical difficulty. We don't hear her right now. This is Tony Diaz, Ficante, and we just had Claudia on the air. And? Perhaps we lost her. Why don't you read her bio? I'm going to so read her bio in the meantime. So, Claudia Gar- uh, Guadalupe Martinez, Tocaya, uh, grew up in El Paso, Texas, where she learned that letters form words from reading the subtitles of old westerns for her father. At the age of six, she already knew she wanted to create stories. Her father encouraged her to dream big and write a book or two one day. Although he passed away when Claudia was 11, the subject of her first novel, her family continued to encourage her dreams. She went on to receive a de- uh, she went on to receive a degree in literature and later moved to Chicago to work for a nonprofit. There, she turned her attention to the completion of her first book, The Smell of Old Lady Perfume, which was named Best of the Best in 2008 by the Chicago Public Library. It won the Best Young Adult Book from the Texas Institute of Letters and a a Southwest Book Award. Her second book, Big Pig Reflect, Pink Pig reflects her new home in Chicago, and it's the story of a Mexican-American neighborhood slowly being disappeared by the loss of jobs and the muscle of a new economy. A young girl joins the battle to save the neighborhood, revised December 12, 2017, to include uh, Pig Park. Ladies and gentlemen, Claudia Guadalupe Martinez, are you on the air with us? I am, yes. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. Hey. Thank you. Un placer. How are you? I'm good. How about you guys? Good. Now, we'll ask you in a little bit for for a short excerpt, if you have one. Of course, we must follow the FCC rules, even though they're intent on destroying the Internet. We must still follow their rules. But but tell us tell us about the new book. Congratulations. Um, thank you. You know, um, so I actually have two things going on right now. One is a picture book, and the other one is this translation um, of The Smell of Old Lady Perfume, uh, which I'm really excited about because I have lots of family um, who will finally be able to read my book. That's so cool. Were there any phrases in particular that were the hardest to translate? Um, you know, definitely there were a lot of things that were just, uh, they don't really translate right because they're like border <laughs> um, they're, they're very border, very El Paso, very uh, Chicano, and so it was really hard to, to uh, really bring it across. Um, the translator who did it, he's, he's like he's really great, and we went back and forth a lot, um, and he let me be part of that process. So that was really awesome, um, you know, that I was able to do that with Cinco Puntos. Uh, I don't think I would have been able to do that if no, it was another publisher. You'd break their mind. Because even, even the whole idea, okay, so you're code switching. If you translate code switching, can you leave it as code switching? Or must you then translate all the words that were code switching, the Spanish and the English? In other words, in the English and the Spanish. Excellent, cool cool things to deal with. Yeah, so. entirely. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it does get really complicated. Uh, we did have some things where we wanted to keep it in. Uh, we kind of did the reverse, right, where we had some code switching into English from Spanish and um, where we did some, like, phonetic, uh, trans, you know, kind of translation, like, uh, for some of some of the phrases. Um, Love it. So, yeah, it was really interesting. And then, you know, a lot of words, too, that even, like, the translator wasn't really familiar with because they were very, uh, very much kind of, like, um, just very... Formal Spanish? Well, no, they were very much... Uh, just uh, regional words, mm. uh, you know, like there was a, you know, we started looking up words with the, um, and the person who was helping us um, 
do the copy editing, Sylvia, and just looking at, I learned so much just even about the root of some words, you know, like here we called, um, well, in El Paso, we called uh, diaper sapetas. What? I never yeah. heard that. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, she had never heard of this either. Um, and when we looked it up, it turned out it was like a, a raramuri word, um, like an indigenous wow. word, which was really awesome. Like, that is very cool. Yeah. <laughs> and what word did you wind up picking for it? Uh, well, that's what we used. We just we just left, left it. it. Um, yeah, we didn't change it. Oh, I love it because it is indigenous. So actually, it's right. Oh, it's not English there. or Spanish. It's always been there originally. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you have a, a a quick excerpt that you could read for us? Um, <laughs> I can pull one. Um, we caught her off guard. That's yeah, <laughs> I did a little because uh, you know, and I feel like my, my my Spanish has gotten really pathetic since I moved to Chicago. And we totally will judge you. No, uh, <laughs> uh, scorecards. I'm expecting, and my mom is like listening on the other side, and she's gonna. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say, I don't know how you say that. <laughs> and we're going to send to the podcast, Dan Well, how about this? As you're leafing through there, tell us a little about how life is going in Chicago. You know, it's it's uh, it's been nice. It's so what, nice. Uh, <laughs> what gang did you join? Just kidding. Wow! I grew up in Chicago, so I could give Chicagoans a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't yet. I'm still waiting for my <laughs> <In> recruitment. <laughs> it's a rush period. <laughs> Got lost in the mail. <laughs> and what, what part of town are you living in? Um, I live near uh, UIC, the university. Oh, oh yeah. I know my circle camp. I know exactly where that's at because I was there this past summer. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they don't call it that anymore. I know. Um, I know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's yeah, all fancy you know, pants around there now. They're trying very hard to build their reputation. I do. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> <laughs> I remember the old Chicago, but it, it, it was what it is, was and it is what it is. By the way, congratulations work is Cinco Puntos Press because I got a chance to see uh, Mr. and Mrs. Bird at the Texas Book Festival um, this last go-round, and they were ecstatic about your book and your work and really championing what you're doing, and I think they really are uh, – a great institution who love our community so much. Of course, I want to thank them when they donated books when the Libertad Picante Caravan went through El Paso. So you are really con familia ahí at Cinco Puntos. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I they're, they're just, uh, you know, you get to do things there creatively that I think uh, probably you, you're not really allowed to do at other, <laughs> other publishers. Um, so they really do like nurture, you know, even like now I'm kind of branching out and I'm, you know, um, working with other publishers as well. But, um, even like, you know, um, my agent, like I have an agent now and she's, you know, she's always talking about how, um, Cinco Puntos is really great at launching people. Um, so they take people and they nurture them and, um, you know, they, you know, they really do bring a lot of new voices out there, uh, that don't get a chance in the mainstream. Um, so that's really that's really nice um, that they're able to do that and bring those voices out into the world. And I'm going to give you a choice of two things because we only have about three minutes left. You can either okay. go to your excerpt or tell us what your next project is. Um, I will read a paragraph. I'll write that. Sweet. Um, so this is uh, the just the very beginning I'm going to read. Um, mi papá me dijo que imaginara el sexto grado como estar parada en el techo del edificio más alto del centro de la ciudad. Era como estar allá arriba en ese edificio alto y mirar hacia abajo. 
La gente en la calle se veía como hormigas. Para los niños del sexto grado, esas hormigas eran los niños del quinto, cuarto, tercero y hasta abajo. Hasta los niños de preescolar. Cada grado estaba más lejos que el siguiente, más pequeño que el último. Lo mejor de todo era que esas hormigas admiraban a los de sexto grado. Por eso, comenzar me ponía nerviosa y a la vez me emocionaba. El sexto grado era muy importante donde yo vivía porque marcaba el final de la escuela primaria. Puede que algunos estén muy viejos para recordarlo o muy jóvenes para imaginarlo, mm. pero Ángel Jr., mi hermano mayor, lo recordaba. Mi hermana Silvia y él eran gemelos y habían sido estudiantes del sexto grado dos años antes que yo. Hablando español muy bien. Beautiful. She speaks Spanish beautifully. If this was a scorecard, it would be a 10 out of 10. Totally did not sound pocha. No, at not at all. all. Not at all. I think not Trump is all. actually sending people to go after her you need with to how well you leave, spoke Spanish. You need to leave wherever you're at right now, and you need to go. Hey, hey, give us some websites where, where folks can go follow you and keep track of what you're up to. Um, you know, I'm, I'm on social media. That's probably the easiest. My website is www.claudiaguadalupemartinez.com. Um, and it's, you know, it's kind of stagnant, but, um, I do go on, you know, on Twitter and, uh, like I use Twitter for politics. Uh, and I, <laughs> yes. segment. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I'm on Facebook, which I, you know, I don't use that much, but Twitter I like because you can, you know, you can get in fights with people. <laughs> so. so well, we'll, we'll make sure to, to, uh, empty you with the. With the um, podcast of the show. Un abrazo grande and continued success. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Abrazos to everybody for tuning in. Hey, I hope you guys have a good break. Uh, this is Tony Diaz, Libre Traficante. Uh, Libre Traficante, Lips Mendes. Hey, hey, this is Marlon. Have a good one. Thanks. For, you did a great job, Marlon. Thank good you. job, yo. Dwayne Freeman of KPFT's Free Minstrel Show, along with KPFT's Generation Radio. Send many thanks to all who attended comedy fundraiser benefiting KPFT at Station Theater. 
From vintage vinyls to versatile comedic vignettes, the evening had it all and was one for the ages. Many thanks as well to Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company for the libation.